Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Game of Thrones with Jay, Jack, and Nick. My name is Jay. I'm Jack. And I'm Nick. And welcome to the show, the return of Game of Thrones with Jay, Jack, and a new member, Nick Dunn. Um, The last shows that we did were in 2012, uh, and then we hung up our podcasting uh, mics for the Game of Thrones show because we just (laughs) couldn't keep up with the immense complexities uh, that is Game of Thrones. That's why we have brought in an outside hire an expert um, to kind of bring us back into the fold of Game of Thrones and to talk about Game of Thrones. We're still idiots, but we have a smart, smart individual uh, joining the show that I think will add a great element to it. Welcome, Nick, uh, to the show. Woo, thank you. I don't know about expert, but I'll try. Listen, you, you, the names you're kind of going off starting as we prep for this show already let me know that you were, you were the right pick. Yes. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> oh, Baldy, Baldy, that's what Oh, I yeah, bald guy. Yeah, yeah. Bald guy. I, I know bald guy. Dragon lady, girl with a sword. Yeah, got you. Perfect. Perfect. Um, uh, people might know Nick. Uh, I mean, a good friend of ours. Uh, kind of, it's part of, part of our posse, part of our crew. Is we, just, we say entourage for Comic Con? Part yeah. of our Comic Con yeah. entourage. Or uh, Mob Wife. Mark, think, my. Go ahead. I think Celebrity Stalker is, is better, doesn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I prefer the mob wife scenario. That, that's true. That is true. Um, there's a uh, basically uh, Nick has has no shame when it comes to uh, meeting celebrities. Um, so we try to hang out with Nick because if we do, chances are we'll probably meet some famous people. Um, but he does all the dirty work, and we get just to enjoy the benefits. Is he like the celebrity whisper? He just just waves his hands and just they they just follow him. Like, it just it's amazing. Yeah, this is like a Sunday, you know, hanging out with David Crosby. Yeah, you said that. What was that about? Uh, I got introduced to him a year ago. Yeah, in I, I remember that. And you sung with him, like play guitar and sung with him. Yeah, and uh, and then he played a solo acoustic show Sunday by himself in Santa Barbara, 
and I heard about it, so I was like, "Oh, I've got to go," you know. And uh, I just showed up a few hours early, and he was eating lunch just by himself. And he saw me, and I was like, "Hey, Dave!" And he's like, "Hey," you know. And he remembered me, and we just sat there and and just chatted for an hour before the show, and and uh, then hung out a little bit afterwards. And, and you know, he told me he hoped to see me later. And you know, he's just a really nice, down to earth guy. So, so you, so you get to hang out with him, and I get to hang out with Jay. Yeah, I will. You know, it, it almost seems fair. They both have legendary hair, that's for sure. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, to say that you're hanging out with one-third or one-fourth of one of the greatest bands of all time, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's one of my heroes, so uh, I'm just, it's definitely one of the highlights of my life so far. So, Not yeah, hanging out with yeah. us? That's not a highlight at all? Oh, I said one of them. Uh, I don't, one of, that, that nice yeah. save. Yeah. You haven't you haven't run into uh, Avenging Lily lately? Uh, no? no, not since Comic Con, and she kind Com- of vaguely was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I remember." No, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, you only get one chance with me. If you don't remember who I am, then it's not worth it. Well, so. here's the thing, though, uh, Nick, is that you know we're the you're in you're in California uh, studying. Um, I think studying the drought and how to fix it. Right? Is that what you're doing over there? Of, uh, well, there's, there's no way of fixing it. <laughs> but here's here's how you fix it. Get like three million to four million people move away. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, you're, you're you, we're using Skype, and your profile picture on Skype has you and Evangeline Lilly. And when I first glanced at, it, I was like, "Oh, well, who's this new hot girl that uh, that Nick has?" And I'm like, "Oh, nope, Evangeline Lilly." No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> How do you get Nick's? I'm only getting your picture, Jay. Are oh, you not even seeing Nick's? No, I'm only getting you. Well, Nicholas just comes up. It just says, just has the generic Skype thing. Oh, really? the, round, the round circle and the shoulder. I guess it's shoulders. Yeah, I'm getting Nick uh, cheek to cheek with Evangeline Lilly. I'm not getting that. I'm getting. I think I'm getting ripped off. It's the same for you, Jack. I've just got your name and then the the symbol. So, well, Jack well, doesn't know how to put a profile picture. That's that's that's, that's, that's actually my picture because you know. Oh, there is the there's no hair. Yes, <laughs> that's me. that is me. That's an artist yeah. rendition. <laughs> Um, well, uh, we had the return of Game of Thrones, um, yes, uh, well, Sunday, two days ago, um, in the fifth season, um, so a lot of exciting stuff happening. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us to kind of what happened last season that led up to um, this premiere for season five? Ooh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see here. It ended Where's... with... <coughs> yeah. That's my well, if you, if well, you want to start... If you start early, yeah, you have the the purple wedding, which is Joffrey's death, yes. uh, and then of course Cersei always suspect, suspect, <laughs> always <laughs> assumes it's her brother uh, Tyrion that, that killed him. Yeah. Uh, so the, the whole trial of that, and then eventually Tyrion is uh, is let loose by his brother Jaime, mm-hmm. and uh, goes to confront his father, and sees his ex lover Shay in bed who naturally she slept with uh tywin tywin gets mad finds his f- father on the privy and shoots and kills him and uh then is snuck away uh on a boat by varies to lands unknown yep. you, for- you forgot he gave her a hug goodbye he hugged her yeah. a little bit he did apologize so yeah, you know. <laughs> so there was that um now was that accurate to the book did that whole thing play out in the book because there's a big like revenge moment for uh it, no, it doesn't. It didn't. It, it 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 kind of didn't make sense in a way because in the book, he uh, Tyrion. It's mentioned in season one that Tyrion has been married once before mm-hmm. to a prostitute, and then his father paid uh, many men to sleep with her in order for Tyrion to leave her. Mm-hmm. And so when Jamie 
lets him out of the cell, he tells Tyrion this truth that uh, it was all, she really wasn't a prostitute. She really did love him, but his father just really just didn't like him. And, uh, and so he goes up to confront his father about this. Mm-hmm. And so when he goes up there, he does kill Shay. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. But then he's asking his father, where did you send my first wife? And he kind of, he insert, when he ca- says whore, he's referring to his first wife, not Shay. And so he's saying, don't call her that. And then he says, what? And he said, don't call her that. If you call her that again, you will be sorry. And then he lets it slip, calls her that again. Then he shoots and kills him. Gotcha. And so in the next book, it, but they're not doing it because they didn't do it in the show. He goes around and just constantly asks people, like, where do whores go? <laughs> because that's where his father, his father says, you know, wherever whores go. That's what is the line. Uh, uh. Is like she went wherever whores go, and so he shoots him, and then, and then so he asks everyone, "Where do whores actually go?" So it's just kind of a a funny thing in the book, but they're not going to do it in the show. Interesting, interesting. Okay. There's uh, a, oh, go ahead. Well, I was saying there's also another conspiracy theory around the whole death of Tywin uh, that it's not been proven, and it's not for sure. But a lot of people believe that he was actually already dying before Tyrion killed him. What? Yeah, um, because if you go to the trial when uh, Master, uh, I forget what his name is. Anyway, he's, re- he's talking about all the poisons that, and yeah. things that were taken from his uh, chamber. One of them happens to be something, it's a slow poisoning that turns your bowels into liquid and you basically die of dysentery. Ooh. And so a lot of people think that it actually was... Uh, uh, the guy from Dorne, I'm going blank. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, they actually he poisoned Tywin before, and he was actually yeah. slowly dying because he expected to fight the mountain when he arrived in King's Landing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you see him on the toilet. That makes sense. Like, why is he in the toilet in the middle of the night? Most people just assume you got to go and you got to go. But a lot of people think he was actually dying of uh, of being poisoned. Oh, interesting. Uh, and actually, when you and another thing in the book, when you'll see later in this episode from this season, you'll see uh, in the book he actually it reeks of uh, of stench. Where Cersei and Jamie cannot stand to be in the room with him because that's what they think is that he's just rotting from the inside. Wow. So, but like I said, the show's doing it in a different way, but it's it's close enough to where most people it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, can we talk about that fight between the mountain and uh, what's what is that guy's name? Do we know? We forget it. Um, but one uh, of the, one of my favorite parts of this. Oberyn. 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 Yeah, Oberyn. Um, just a, an amazing scene from last season. Um, and was just so disappointed that, you know, George R.R. Pulled, pulled a George R.R. and, you know, ended up dying. Um, just really was heartbreaking for me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's extremely heartbreaking because a lot of these characters are very interesting. But if you, uh, if you study a character and, and see their motivations, like with Egret or anyone else, uh, after they fulfill it, there's no point in them living. And so those are the safe ones that are most likely going to die. And so with Oberyn, what would happen after he would have gotten his vengeance? Like there's no other reason for him to keep living. So let's just have it exciting and kill him off. So that's the way he thinks about telling stories. I guess, but <laughs> did he really win? Cause I mean, the guy was still, is still alive and seems to be being turned into a zombie or something by whatever those alchemists are doing. But you know, did he did he really win? No, because he died before the mountain yeah, died. Exactly. So, so George R. R. didn't play it the way he usually plays it there, I guess you could say. But whatever. Whatever. 
I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna pull hairs over it. But um, anyway, going into this season, um, exciting stuff. Uh, we have HBO now for the first time, which could be a game changer uh, to where people don't have to. Um, you know, have a cable service and they can pay for it. And it streamed perfectly fine. I, that's what we used in our house was the HBO now um, to, to test it out. Um, having used uh, Jack's HBO go login for a while, but for, for a while forever. Um, okay. There you go. <laughs> so it worked well. Uh, no, no downtime. Uh, like some people were expecting, which was really nice. Um, well, how so much, how, how much is it for uh it's 1499 a month and not to be a advertiser here for it, but that's what, uh, Game of Thrones is on, and uh, it's kind of an interesting angle, um, especially because I hear that uh, um, tons of viewership is from uh, illegally downloading. Uh, have you guys heard about that? Oh, yeah. I, I have heard of it, yes. Most illegally downloaded show um, in history so far. So, Wow. But the fourteen ninety five is normal. That's what you pay on Time Warner or Comcast for it, with addition with your package. So basically they're charging the same rate as if you had it through your cable company. So. And what's nice, too, is you get all of the catalog all at the same time. So if you want to catch up on Game of Thrones, you have it all there for you. Not to mention the countless other great HBO shows that you have available, plus all the movies that they put on there. Um, Game of Thrones sponsored by <laughs> HBO. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the HBO people, the lawyers, have probably listen to these podcasts. So I just want to make sure, you know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, HBO, you're good. You're good, man. We support you. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But anywho, without further ado, why don't we get into the <coughs> season five premiere recap? You guys ready? Sure. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, Nick, take it away. All right. Well, um, for some of you who like me, you like to watch the opening credits because they're slightly different. Uh, just wanted to start off the two new things we see. But first, we see the eerie, which or the veil, which is where uh, Sansa and Littlefinger are currently, and then we see a brand new Winterfell. Uh, that's no longer burning. Yes, with, that's interesting. Yeah, with a uh, House Bolton symbol on it instead of the dire wolf of Winterfell. Yeah, mm. with the flaying man symbol. So that clearly now the Boltons are in charge and the wardens of the North no longer Starks are in control. Uh, and then we go over to Essos where we see Pentos, the city where Danny and uh, was first introduced to us in season one. And we also see an expanded marine, which is the town or the city that Danny is now ruling over. And that is the opening credits. You know, I, I, I just you get so in depth. I just I just listen to the song. <laughs> yeah. it, it's one of those it's one of those shows. I do not fast forward through the theme song. It is fun to see, though, the little changes they do to the map. Um, do they do that as like a uh, because there's just so much stuff in the books is a nice way to kind of add a little bit more of that texture to it. Yeah, I think I think it's one. It gives you a clue to the locations you're going to see in this episode, and then two, it's also a, a point of reference to to say, hey, this city is over here, this city is over here. Versus like, you know, if you don't have a map, these you don't know where these people are. True. So it's just a, it's a nice little way of saying Winterfell's up here, Danny's over here, King's Landing is down here. So. It makes sense to put it in there. Yeah, there's two ways you can do it. You can do it that way or the Indiana Jones way and have the little red line going between <laughs> places whenever. The plane going cool. <laughs> you can't, Dr. Jones, lady. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yes. Uh, yes, great intro. Um, and then where do we uh, start out uh, the season? The first thing we see is uh, two little girls walking through the mud 
And for a lot of people, it was confusing, but it's actually the show's first flashback. Is uh, that the first one? Wow. It's the, fir- the first one, yeah. Is it flashback and a lot in the books, or is it... Is- no, it's... it's well, the flashbacks are never really flashbacks. They're always just stories told by a character in their point of view of like, okay. do you remember this or that? But you actually have, we've never seen an actual scene take place uh, in the past. Okay. So we see two little girls uh, walking through the mud in their fancy dresses entering into a look like a really miserable looking hut. Uh, and it's Cersei is a child along with a friend and they meet a a witch or a fortune teller, and her name is Maggie the Frog, which is in the book. <laughs> uh, to set up a little, the little, di- little subtle differences is that in the book there's three little girls instead of two. Um, and basically what has happened prior to them walking in is that there was a attorney, a uh, knight's attorney joust at the city of Lannisport uh, during the Mad King's time. And she, uh, Cersei saw Rhaegar Targaryen, who was the future king of, of uh, Westeros, and she was so had a, such a hard, hard crush with him, she wanted Tywin to marry her to him. So he promised his little girl that, because he was hand of the king, mm-hmm. he said, okay, I'll, I'll work it out and I'll make this happen for you. So she wanted to go to the fortune teller just to see if her dad's promise was true. Mm-hmm. So she goes, is it, is it, that's is it true backstory. that Cersei has never changed her hairstyle? It's true, yeah. It's just the blonde, yeah. It's just <laughs> I have no idea. Same oh, and, I, and I will put a disclaimer here. Probably should have said it earlier, but I will say it now. Um, Nick's knowledge of the books will not be used to spoil anything in the future. It's going to be in pure referential standpoints. It's true. It's true. So don't my, worry. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to spoil my, you. Yeah. To the yes. listeners out there, yeah. My goal is not to spoil you. I won't talk about anything that's going to happen. I'm just trying to make the scenes that you're watching a little bit more enjoyable. That's the only thing. Because we, we don't want to know either. Yeah, so that, that makes it easier. But no, that's that's really good to know. It kind of gives a bit more backstory to that to that yeah. scene. Yes. Now, and the, uh, gentleman, the gentleman that you talked about that she wanted to be married to is that the the the, the one that uh, uh, Carl Drago poured the gold over his head, or is that a different person? No, that's Danny's uh, brother. Uh, Rhaegar Targaryen is the uh, he was the Mad King's son, who uh, Robert uh, Baratheon kills on the Triton uh, in order to win the rebellion and take over. The kingdom. Gotcha. So, how are who are uh, Danny and her brother in relation to him? Danny and um, and her brother are Viserys, are the Mad King's uh, younger two younger two children. Gotcha. They had okay. they had they had Rhaegar, who was way older than them two, and then uh, Viserys, and then uh, Danny basically is born after the rebellion or during the rebellion. Gotcha. And, okay. <clears throat> cool. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so they enter the tent, wake up the witch, and uh, let's see here. She uh, wants to know her future. The queen, uh, the witch, actually says, uh, "Give me some of your blood." She licks her blood and says, "You won't <laughs> like the answers." Yeah. She won't like the answers. Uh, and she basically tells her that she will be queen, but not the queen through Rhaegar, through someone else. And she also offers her three uh, prophecies, but she only gives her the answer to one, which is strange, because uh, in the book you hear all three. But uh, I'm assuming it's because they don't want the viewers to be spoiled on or pre- be predicting what will happen later on in the series. Gotcha. <clears throat> that way she just went so, to that, that wicked laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
but if you want to look it up, you can. It's, it's very easy. Just look up Maggie the Frog, and you can find out the other two prophecies. Um, let's see here. So basically, she finds out that the king is going to have 20 kids, and she's going to have three, all with golden hair and be surround, shrouded in gold, which obviously we know that they're uh, her and Jamie's children, not the king's. Yep. Uh, then the other girl uh, gets scared, runs away, and then Cersei's left there to stand. And that's scene one. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opening because we watched it with a, a group of our friends here. Um, our the podcastathon, uh, everybody that came out, we watched the first episode, um, and right away I was like, "Oh, it's Cersei! It's got to be Cersei!" But everyone's kind of like, "Oh my god, it's Cersei!" It was kind of a cool opening <clears throat> scene to the season. I thought it because of the hair. Yeah, seriously, the hair is just, she has the same hair in the back, the same braids, and I said, "Is that a young Cersei?" It does look like a young Cersei, but. Yeah. And you can hear it like in their voices, like the arrogance of just, you know, my, yeah. you're not, don't be worried about my father. Because he, at this point, is the most powerful person in the kingdom because the Mad King is not in his right now, mind. Now, the other, other girl, is she anybody important or just uh, just somebody that's walking along with Cersei? No, she was just somebody that's walking along. In the book, there's three girls. Uh, one of them gets scared and runs away at the very beginning. And then the other one, I'm assuming is the other one you she actually gets her prophecy read first in the book and she asks who who will she marry and the witch says you won't get married actually you'll die tonight wow. and <laughs> and she and she does and it and it gives weight to cersei's prophecy to make her believe that everything that the witch said is true Interesting. uh and I, i'm not going to tell you what the other two are but it it gives the motivations you can see it if you know what the other two are you see why cersei is the way she is hmm. so okay <clears throat> that's good yeah um so then it goes to uh, uh the lannister funeral right right it goes to tywin's burial which is a fairly short scene but you see uh basically tywin laying there on his uh deathbed with his little fake eyes on his head <laughs> <That's so laughs> creepy. yeah and you can see the uh the paranoia and not only cersei but in jamie too that their house is fading and that they're gonna start really crawling and scratching for, for to hold on to their power. Uh, and, of course, Cersei naturally blames Tyrion. She hates him. She wants him dead and blames her brother, Jaime, to, to make things right for letting him go and to right. get, their, get their daughter back out of Dorne. She's such a manipulator, though. She uses Jaime so, like, and I, I think Jaime kind of sees it, but, he, <clears throat> God, it's so, oh, it just bugs me. Well, he's, he's in love with her. I get it, but it's just ugh. <clears throat> yeah. uh, so manipulative. Yeah, the dip- like I said earlier, they, the difference between this scene and the books is only that uh, uh, in the books he Tywin is reeking of stench, uh, and which leads a lot of people to believe that the poison is deep within his body, rotting it, and that C- Cersei and uh, and Jaime can't stand to be in the room. But other than that, that's the only difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go on to uh, Pentos, right? Yes, we see uh, the arrival of uh, Tyrion <laughs> in a little box yep. uh, in Pentos with varies. And it's quite funny and clever, t- you know, talking about, do you imagine what it's like taking a poop in a box, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then you have, no, I have no idea. All I know what it's like to pick up your poop and throw it overboard. <laughs> so... This is also slightly different than the books uh, because Varys doesn't go to Pentos with uh, little with a tyrant uh, Tyrion uh, to Pentos, but 
I think this is done just for actors' sakes because Varys isn't in early parts of the book. And so they kind of needed his character to pay an actor to go, oh, go over with him. We can write you in there. <laughs> so uh, but when, it, when is it revealed? Because in this, he reveals his whole uh, Targaryen plot or his support of that. When does that get revealed to him then? Or is it just not at all yet? It's Yeah, like uh, Varys, actually, you're always suspicious because you see him walking in the shadows in early, in early book one talking about, Danny with uh, Illyrio f- uh, from Pentos, but you're not quite sure if it's him or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not revealed until the very end of A Dance with Dragons where Barry's loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. So this was a little bit of a reveal early on that uh, that Varys was in line with the Targaryens, but most people suspected it. I, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, uh, I'm trying to think, what else? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the the gist of that. Yeah, pretty much. And that, you know, just he wants to drink himself to death. He doesn't feel that he's a lord. You know, he's a he's a he's a kinslayer, which is the worst thing you can be in Westeros. So he feels that his future is no longer. I thought it was just being a guy that puts poop through a hole. That too. <laughs> that's the worst thing that can happen. Well, I mean, to him though, he's already been accused of being a kinslayer, right? Killing uh uh, the punk. Um, <laughs> the oh, punk. True, true. Yes. Um, but the punk. <laughs> that punk kid. Um, so what's the big deal? Yeah, and he's a dwarf too, which a lot of people already look down upon him. So yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's I think it's part of what what endears us to him as a viewer is that you know people look down upon him, they think he's lesser than, but he's so intelligent and so you know charismatic um, that he's he's much greater than his stature. Uh, he should. He should have been king. Yes. His, yeah. if, if his dad was smart, that's who he would have put in charge. Well, the thing yeah, going back to uh, kind of recapping last season, uh, I think a lot of people don't know why uh, Tywin hated him so much. A lot of people think it's because he saw so much of himself in Tyrion. You know, he's he's very witty. He's very smart, but he's also everything that Tywin hates about himself. Which, as you see there, he's sleeping with a whore after he told Tyrion not to do it so many times. And right. so he's like, it's like a he's a hypocrite in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean that's that's a classic, you know, uh, sins of the father. You know, this, they don't want you. Dads don't like it when uh, you act like them. Exactly. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Um, <laughs> what sins do I have? <laughs> but uh, uh, we go to uh, the lovely Daenerys next, don't we? We do. Yes, uh, it's a very short scene. Uh, we see, well, actually, we see the poor unsullied soldier. <laughs> we we uh, we see the the taking down of the symbol of the old city of the slaves, the power of the slave owners, mm-hmm. and then uh, an unsullied, always unsullied soldier walking into a brothel to just get a little comfort, you know. And and as he's lying there, and oh, a nice woman. Uh, he gets his sl- uh, throat slit by uh, Son of the Harpy, which is uh, a gang that is still not quite confirmed who they are. Mm-hmm. We just Most people just suspect them to be ex-slave owners, the powerful people that have money and want their power back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. At first, I thought it was uh, her right-hand man, the because they're all kind of bald and all kind of look similar. Mm-hmm. And they're all evil. There, but... People are always evil. Right? What's that? So you think bald people are always no, evil? not evil. Just I didn't quite well, recognize him. The bald guy is the guy that did it because he's the bald guy. Exactly. <laughs> Your hate is just ridiculous. It's I, not hate. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Uh, but no, it was a little shocking. It was a little because it makes you all kind of comfortable. Like, oh, he's just snuggling, just like a little spoon action, and bam. Everyone needs a little love, exactly. <laughs> but not with a knife to the neck. Um, no. So, uh, what what uh, what happens after that? Uh, that's all I have written down, actually, because uh, I don't remember much other than that happening, other than them showing the mask to Danny and saying that we have a new problem, basically, which is these people are killing our soldiers. What do we need to do about it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, <clears throat> Definitely, there's a lot of kind of politics that seems smaller than what Danny cares about going on right now. Um, you know, I, to me right now, I see she's great at the conquering part, but not so great at the ruling part. Exactly. And, and a lot of these cities, that's what a lot of people, you know, it's, it's Kerr kind of, it's one thing, exactly what you just said. It's, it's one thing to conquer. It's another thing to rule and, and to control a people. And I think this is where Danny's going to learn humility and, uh, Truly, how to be a good queen, not just a conqueror. Yeah. So, um, and her dragons are still ticked off at her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they are upset. That's for sure. It, it's heartbreaking, though. It is heartbreaking. I, I will. I kind of feel for her. Um, but how is she going to get them back in tow? Because she's going to need those dragons to. She needs um, that special treat. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can't have what babies, dead babies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that seems to be what they like, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's a, that's a, just, we're going down a path I don't want to go. Baby treats for dragons. New just, on Game of Thrones. Just, just Drogo. Drogo likes the kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also learned that Dario is... Because uh, uh, the, the people, the, whatever that gang is, wants to bring back, what, like gladiator fights or something? That's in, a, 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 that's in the next scene. Oh, okay, uh, okay. You're, you're jumping I'm ahead. I'm jumping ahead. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, oh. Nick, Nick, take the lead. Take the wheel. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Nick is take the wheel. Okay. Okay, the next one's also another fairly short scene. Uh, it's at the wall this time, mm-hmm. and you see a Gilly, who, or Sam's girlfriend, yep. uh, really concerned with the Night's Watch and also with Stannis being there, worried that because she's a mom that they're going to send her away from Sam. Because now Sam is basically her only family. Mm-hmm. And that's what she basically says is, Sam, don't let them send me away. And he's trying to comfort her. Like, wherever you go, I go. But he can't go anywhere because he's a, a, a sworn brother of the Night's Watch. Right. So we'll see how that goes out. Can and he then, ever, is, is it allowed to say, like, you know what? I've done my time. I think I want to, you know, be able to have sex with a woman now. <laughs> well, the, the oath is I will show father no child. So not uh, I will not lie with a woman. So oh, okay, all right. So that leaves you a little bit of leeway there. Yeah, a little leeway. There's that Clinton technicality, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. So it's an interesting story between Sam and Gilly, and we'll see how that plays out and what the sh- <clears throat> the show decides to do with their characters. Uh, the next thing we see is a Mance. Well, Stannis talking to John, wanting to him to talk to Mance Raider about bending a knee and using. The wildlings as his new army to conquer Winterfell. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the the bastard of Winterfell better. <laughs> the bastard. Yeah. Well, well, it's what she says. I mean, but you know, like, I, I like what you know. Stannis is saying though, because I, I kind of I mean to take back to take back Winterfell. I think whatever he, he's offering is a very reasonable, you know, thing. So I I I, I kind of see Stannis' side on this one. Yeah, I agree. I, Stannis is usually a pretty reasonable guy, but the thing is about wildlings is they're going to do what they want to do and. Right. 
they don't bend a knee, as Mats has said. And you have to earn the respect. You know, they don't follow crowns. They don't follow bloodlines. They follow strength. And so Stannis needs to do something if he wants that option. Uh, and that is pretty much that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next scene we see is the Eerie. And this is an all-new stuff uh, with the Eerie. Everything with Sansa from now on is, is new because uh, basically her storyline was over at the end of last season in the books. Really? So, yeah, because she had a f- just a couple chapters in A Feast for Crows, and then she had none in A Dance with Dragons. So uh, this is all basically what the writers of the show want the storyline to do, not so, what. <clears throat> so this is getting past the books then, because she's, this not, is, she's not dead in the books, right? No, Sansa's not dead in the books. So, um, but he hasn't but, written it yet, or at least published it. Right. Uh, so either George R. R. Martin has either told them what he plans to do, or he just said, make it up as you go. You know the end of her storyline. As long as it meets up, it's fine. So kind of a lost thing. We know the ending. Just you can make up what you want to do on the way there. Interesting. So I mean, because uh, George R. has said he's, he's fine with them kind of filling in where they need to fill in. Um, how do you feel about that as a, when a book fan, but also a fan of the TV show? You know, I considered not watching the series, uh, but then I've uh, read a few columns from people who have already seen the first few episodes and said they don't feel spoiled because a lot of it still is with the book and mm-hmm. they're making it up. So it's not really what it could be completely different when the book is published than what they're doing. Yeah. So they're kind of comfortable with that. And okay. I took, I took the word for it. So I was like, okay, I'll keep watching. Okay. So. That's fair. But, uh, you so see, we see little poor little Lord Aaron getting his butt whooped in sword <laughs> training. <laughs> that was pretty pathetic. That's great though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been, you know, sitting on his mom's lap his entire life. He's never probably picked up a sword. So, uh, And then we see uh, Littlefinger talking with Lord Royce. Um, this is the second most powerful family in the, the Vale. Uh, just basically Littlefinger, because he's the, now the, roy- the protector of the, the Vale. Mm-hmm. He basically runs it. He wants to, uh, he's basically instructing Lord Royce to make sure that the new, the future not really king, but overseer, warden of the east, to train him properly in how to do a sword. And then he receives a private note uh, from a raven, and Sansa takes note, note that he looked at it and put it in his sleeve, and, and that's the end of that scene. Now, are Sansa and Littlefinger, are they an item, or are they just, are they just is she just... Um, no, they're, well, Littlefinger is one of my favorite characters just because he comes from nothing and he uses his brain right. to, to do everything. You have to understand Littlefinger's motivations is that he wants to see the realm burn pretty much. Uh, he's raised from nothing. He did everything himself. He doesn't like royalty uh, just getting things because who their father was before them. You know, right. he wanted to marry Caitlin and he couldn't because he was from nothing. And so he was promised she ended up marrying, you know, Ned Stark. And he kind of got his vengeance on Ned by betraying him. And so now that Cat's dead, he constantly you hear him say it, you know, uh, you look just like your mother. And right. I I think in a way he does love Sansa or at least he has a crush on her. But you also need to think about what are his other motivations behind this? Uh, because <clears throat> he's Lord of Harrenhal, he's the protector of the Vale. And what would he gain if he did marry Sansa, potentially? 
Right. So uh, he's always scheming about something. Uh, okay. Nice. But they're not an item. Uh, I think she still looks at him as an older guy who was friends with her mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is not mm-hmm. really a good end when you think about it from a relationship standpoint. No. no. <laughs> not at all. You're my mom's <clears throat> friend. Yeah. You're older <laughs> than my dad. You're that, you're that guy. That's right. You're older than my dad. Ugh. But you know, this is Game of Thrones. Every, that happens with everyone. Yeah. Well, it's just, just, it's all in the family. Come on. Yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So, uh, where's the next scene take us? The next scene is Brienne uh, with, this is another all new scene because the, the books also, uh, because they did not introduce Lady Stoneheart uh, in the show, which for you, I don't know, should I, should I talk about this? Um, yeah. Lady Stoneheart is a zombified version of Kat- Caitlin Stark who was supposed to be revealed at the end of last season, but the writers decided not to bring her back. Uh, <clears throat> and basically Brienne was supposed to continue to work for Caitlin in a kind of a spy kind of role, but she, they decided not to bring her back. So all the things now with Brienne are going to be completely different. But so we see her kind of in a dilemma of what to do. Uh, and, her and her squire just having a discussion as Littlefinger and Sansa pass nearby in a little cart. Uh, They're always so close. So close, but not there. Yeah. Uh, and then Sansa just asks about the note. And uh, and then, of course, <clears throat> Littlefinger uh, says, oh, it's about a new marriage proposal that I've accepted. And uh, she's like, so soon after Eliza just died. And he just kind of has a little smug grin. And... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> And says we're going, f- uh, and oh, and also that he lied to Lord uh, Royce because he said they were going to the little, to the fingers, which is east side of the Vale, but instead they're headed west, and that they're going to go to a place where the Lannisters can't find them uh, and have no reach, and there's only one place in Westeros where the Lannisters have no power at all, and I'm not going to say where it is, but if <laughs> if you're smart enough, you'll figure it out. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> so, so I guess I'll have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next scene is with Cersei again. And the first thing you see is Marjorie flirting with her little boy, Tomlin. And, uh, of course, Cersei can't stand it because even in the prophecy in the first scene, you see uh, Maggie the Frog say you'll be replaced by a new queen, a prettier queen, one that people will love, which naturally it's Marjorie. Right. And so she can't stand it. She cannot stand that she's now second fiddle. Uh, <clears throat> you see the return of Kevin Lannister, who was Tywin's uh, younger brother and is now uh, basically the ruler of uh, Castle Rock. Oh, so he's the ruler of Castle Rock. He, well, he, it falls to him because it's supposed to be Jamie's. Uh, but Jamie's in the Kingsguard and cannot own property or rule. So, and then, of course... Tyrion is now a kinslayer and was never proclaimed heir. So Kevin would be traditionally be the new lord of Castle Rock. But he's like a monk now or something, right? Or whatever. No, you're thinking of uh, the little kid that was. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, his name's Lancel or Lionel. Lancel. Lancel. Yeah. Lancel. Oh, sorry. You're confused. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, you do. they do look similar, though. <laughs> they, they do. The actors do look similar. 
All okay. those Lannisters look alike. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Look, you know, the blonde. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, he's a sparrow. Uh, Lancel is a sparrow, which is kind of like a monk. Uh, you've seen it a little bit in the show, but it's not quite as dominant as in the books, where throughout the War of the Five Kings, uh, all a lot of the churches and uh, members of the Faith of the Seven have been burned and killed, and their churches burned, and a lot of these devout have taken up weapons and judgment uh, to seek vengeance upon the unholiness of all of this. Mm, okay. And so that's what he is. He, he, I guess he felt guilty about sleeping with his aunt <laughs> or, and, uh, well, and then did, of course he, did, he does say something about that. Yes, he does. He confronts her in the next, like the next minute, uh, and asks for forgiveness, uh, for killing her husband and, and tempting her to sleep with him, even though he did none of this, it was at her command the whole time. Right. But she she laughs at him about it. It's like you're just a silly boy. Yes. So, but the the sparrows will take a, a an interesting role. Uh, I'm interested to see this season and how all this plays out with the the way that the the church and the faith will go. Uh, let's see. Good. Here. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the next scene, which is a little. Depending on your preference, a little disturbing. You have a little, a little uh, male-on-male romance scene, right? You know, with with uh, Loris Tyrell or the the Knight of Flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, with and then you have Marjorie interrupting them, uh, basically. And the whole point of this scene is really just to sh- to reinforce the audience to remember that Loris is homosexual mm-hmm. and that he has no interest in marrying Cersei. But yeah. and also also that <clears throat> Cersei now that Tywin is dead no longer has to marry uh, him. Yeah, and uh, uh, so they're they're gonna have to make some kind of maneuver to. They would love to get Cersei out of King's Landing because she's gonna constantly throw roadblocks and and Marjorie's power. So this is my theory. I would think <clears throat> using uh, him to somehow kill Cersei so then you remove her from power. That would be. My angle, if I was in Marjorie's situation. Yeah, that would be a, a smart move. Uh, but anywho, <clears throat> that's just me. Yeah, we can get into crackpot theories later. I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the next scene is, uh, once again, Tyrion and Pentos. And um, like I said, there's not much to this one, too, other than Varys is trying to convince Tyrion to go meet Danny. And somehow be an intelligent advisor for Danny. <clears throat> the difference is between this one and the book is instead of varies, it's Illyrio and Illyrio escorts um, Tyrion to the uh, the waters of the Rowing, and then they go down to Volantis. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Any comment? Any comment? I, 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 I do like how he <laughs> said because he, he, uh, Tyrion says he's a, he's a coward. He says you're many things, but you're not a coward. I just like I like that line. No, he's not. He's one of the yeah. He's one of the bravest people in the world. <clears throat> he said, but he, you know, he goes. You can you can self pity is not your is is not you know whatever. He, I forget the word he uses, but I wrote down the line. I go, there were many things, but you're not a coward. And I I like that because he's not. He's like you said, he's not a coward. Exactly, and I think that's why Barry saved him. Not just because Jamie asked him to, but because he really does admire him. He he's such a intelligent, brave person, and he doesn't let. You know the, his limitations in height and strength uh, dominate him as some people would, or feel sorry for himself. 
that I think varies. I think he's a smart guy, and he likes feeding off another smart person. I think he, he you know, they have that. They work well together. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The next scene is uh, in da- with Danny and Maureen again. Uh, and at the end of last season, you just barely heard it in like a sentence or two. But Yunkai, which is the first city that where she got the uh, the the, uh, the unsullied army, mm-hmm. it had been uh, it had uprised uh, by the ex slave owners as well, and they reinstituted slavery in that town. So she had sent a small army to retake the city. And you first and you hear that the them saying it was success, yeah. and they've agreed <clears throat> they've agreed now to a joint government of ex-slaves and uh, ex-slave owners. But the one request they have is that they wish to open the fighting pits because it's a tradition amongst all of this part of Essos that it's it's just like Olympic Games or anything else. To them, it's right. a, a matter of pride. But Danny sees it as vulgar and just doesn't want it to happen. She seems to look, she seems, like we were saying earlier, she, she doesn't know how to lead. She just is... Um, well, she She's, knows how to lead a conquer, like to be a conqueror. But conqueror, but she, to, well, because she has the strength, she has the power. But she, you she's know, also she, inspirational. She's inspirational, but she's having trouble. You have to give the people. It's like being a. You have to. She doesn't have the political side to her, the politician side to her. Right. As a, as a leader has to have, she she does. There, she's a very black and white. No, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But but eventually, people like he was saying, well, it's tradition. You'd have free people choosing to do it. Right. And you know, it's, as gross as it is, is you know, wouldn't fly today. But it, if that's what their tradition is, and that's what they want to do to keep the peace, sometimes <clears throat> you have to do what you don't want to do. And I think that's what she's having problems with. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's just like in the movie Gladiator. You know, you see that. You know, the the, the power is the mob. You know, right. and will Danny have consequences for being an absolute ruler? Will she give in to the people? Will she let them have their voice? And uh, that's going to be her dilemma. Is that if if there is a crime going on, does she is she judge and jury, or will she have faith in the people? And that because when you give people freedom, yeah, they want they want to ex- exercise their freedom. They don't want to be told what to do after being told what to do for so long. They, you know, but they want if they want if that's what they want to do, you have to kind of give a little bit and let them do, you know, give them something. Right. Absolutely. I was against her on that one. That's just, that's just me. I said, well, if they want to do it, they want to do it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's just that she feels that the entertainment will be slaves upon slaves killing each other, and she sees and she sees them as her children, the same as her dragons, and she doesn't want any of them to die. Well, I, I get that, but she, <clears throat> she needs to change her approach, or she's not going to succeed. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, she's, she's young and she's learning, so hopefully by the time she gets ready to conquer Westeros... She, She'll be a confident and, but yet sympathetic uh, queen. Yeah. So. Correct. Correct. Uh, let's see here. Then the last scene we have for the show is it's back at. Huh? It's a, it's it is a hot, hot one. It's yeah. a hot scene. <laughs> it's a hot scene. But it, Somebody had to say it. I, I, might as well, I was the older person, so I figured I'd do the old joke. <laughs> it's a dad joke. That's okay. I, I figured I'd fall on the sword. There you go. Oh. Yeah, the last scene's at the wall, uh, and we have Jon Snow once again desperately trying to get Mance Raider to bend the knee, don't think of his pride, just to live. And 
he can still rule the wildlings, but Mance is not going to, to do it. Uh, even Stannis, once again, puts it to him, you know, bend the knee and you'll be just fine. But he, instead, he opts to be burned alive, and John can't take the brutality, so he, out of kindness and respect for his friend Mance, he shoots him with an arrow through the heart, and Mance Raider is dead. Would he have had the would he have had the respect of his the wildlings if he if he had bent his knee? No, no. So he he, he was in no win situation. Yeah, it was a no. Yeah, because he would have. Did Stannis know that? Stannis knew that because uh, that's what I said. They only respect power, and right. they they don't respect crowns or bloodlines. And to them, Stannis is exactly that. So why should they follow him? And uh, if Stannis would have, he just they would have seen him as weak, and then they probably would have elected a new leader. So, but, so but Stannis, to, but to Jon Snow's point, though, isn't that better than your tribe being leaderless and being, you know, basically torn apart? Wouldn't that be a better situation? Well, I think for Mance it would have been just because he would have been alive. But uh, I think now by Mance being martyred essentially yeah martyred yeah like they'll still stick together as a one people and live by his example instead of possibly you know fractioning and doing what they had always done which is just fight amongst themselves but this is slightly different i mean the scene takes place exactly like the book and there is a twist but i'm not sure if it will be um revealed in the show um but we'll see as it progresses Okay. All right. Very so, good. Very good. Excellent. So, so yeah, an excellent show. I'm, I'm curious to see what the ramifications of Jon Snow shooting him with the arrow are, because I feel like uh, Stannis is not going to like that. That's uh, inkling, but I don't know. I think Stannis needs him. I think Stannis. so, too. He needs somebody to kind of lead an army to take back over Winterfell. Right. He, he needs him, so he's he, he's going to be mad. He go, you bastard Jon Snow, you've made me mad. But <laughs> I, I think that might be the end of it, you know, Little slap on the wrist. But in that case, is that really like an uh, exclamatory remark when it's just it's more just a literal remark? Well, yes, I am a bastard. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought a great season premiere. A um, lot of great content in there, um, and excited for this season. What did What did you guys think overall? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The part yeah. wasn't, the be- wasn't the best episode ever, but good start to a season. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not the best episode, but it it sets up the initial storyline is very nice and neat. So, you know, the initial motivations of where these characters are going this season. So what's well, like any, uh, the episode is like, Oh wait, don't stop. Oh, you're stopping. No. <laughs> yeah. It felt very abrupt. Didn't it? Like I, yeah, it I, I was like, Oh wow, it's already over. So uh, I, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that ending. <laughs> um, so in terms of it's, it's obvious that the books kind of follow a different, timeline a different storyline because some parts of the story going beyond where the books are at and some are still within the books um but given the pace of george r R. martin is there two books left that he wants to write all right now he's saying two you have uh the winds of winter which hopefully will be out next year um he's gonna skip comic-con so he can write it correct i think that's what i've heard yes i think that he has to have Last thing I read about is that I think July he has to have three fourths of the book, or I think already in to the publisher, and I think he's basically just finishing up this year, and so I'm hoping it'll be out in spring of next year. Um, and then after that, he the next book should be titled A Dream of Spring, 
uh, and that should be the ending. But he's even said that it's all in the writing. You know, if I end up getting in that book and it keeps going, then there could be another one. So <laughs> that that bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he's under pressure because he, you know, he went after Lindelof for his ending of Lost. So maybe he keeps going. If I just keep extending it, you know, I, suddenly I'm ninety, ninety-five. Well, it's not, I know it's not my fault. I died. And there was no ending. I know if I was him, because like a lot of people, there's a really popular theory out there, and a lot of people have already guessed from pe- putting pieces together about it. And if I was him, I would totally change that theory now, just to mess with people. Like, you know what? You thought it was this. I'm going to change it. You know? Is it the one I talked? To, is it the one I talked to you about last year? If you remember, I, I don't remember. I've okay, had a few, the, had a few the, beers the, since then. The, the one about Jon Snow. Yeah, it's probably yeah that one. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought I, well, I thought I took, you said no, no, it's out there. I said, oh wow, okay. Yeah, that one's because yeah, I didn't I didn't see it the first time I watched it. I just and then the second time I, I when I was doing a rewatch, I went, huh, wait, oh god, that's right in front of me. I can't believe I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's in the book. There's a lot more. If you read into it, you can figure out things. Uh, like any book, there's always more detail. And then like even with uh. At the end of season two, the the visions in the uh, in uh, House of the Undying, there's a lot more in the book of things that she sees, uh, and there like you see the Red Wedding, for example, in in the House of the Undying. But if you saw that, it would be a total spoiler for. Uh, but in the book, she, you don't think about it that way. So, okay. it's, all right, awesome. sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, normally, uh, this next section would be listener feedback, but since this is the first uh, Game of Thrones podcast we've done in several years, um, <laughs> there is none yet. But for next week, uh, you can send your calls uh, to 206-309-0311. Calling time. Okay, it's 206-309-0311. Call Calling any time. <laughs> uh, also, you can send an email to jandjack at gmail.com. So that's jandjack at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, send in feedback uh, for next week's uh, Game of Thrones podcast. As you can already tell, uh, it has a lot more, you know, credentials and credibility now that we've got <laughs> It sure does. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Hopefully, I haven't annoyed too many of you people. Um, and now it is time for Jack's crackpot. No, 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 no. Theory. I don't do crackpot theories with Game of Thrones. So is it Nick's crackpot theory of the week? Yeah, I, I don't do it because it's it's. I, I'm just <clears> not. I'm not doing it for Game of Thrones. Because people right. know what's going to happen, so it's just like I don't want to be uh, Nick. Jack's, Jack's being a pansy. Do you want to? Do you want to go for it? Well, the only thing I would feel safe doing a crackpot theory on would just be things that are brand new. So um, there you go. There you go. I'm a coward. Yeah, because I you know so it's either going to be with Sansa or Brienne, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm thinking mm, with Brienne. I don't think it'll happen this season, but I think Brienne's motivation from now on, because it's not going with the books, is that she's after to kill Stannis from now on, because he ultimately killed uh, Renly in season two, the shadow that stabbed him, who she loved. So I think her motivation will turn to that, where it's, you know, Brienne will be the one who kills Stannis. That's a a good one. Well, there you go. All right. Well, that is that for this week's uh game of thrones podcast with jay jack and nick uh we'll see you guys next week uh with the second episode in the fifth season uh do we know that t- this one was called the wars to come uh next week is called the house uh, of black and i thought it was i thought it was winter is coming
No, no, the wars to come. The wars oh, to come. man, I'm so close. Uh, next week is the House of Black and White. Um, should be a good one. Should be a good one. Uh, so this this next episode is not in color? Not in color? <laughs> no, uh, the House of the Black and White is a... Uh, it's one of the many religions in Bravos, And okay. it's a house. So you will see it. Oh, well, All right. Cool. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Oslo Wago and goodbye. Bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.